Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark, though I've named the room Group Therapy because I think at some point I'm going to actually make a differentiation between these and what Josh and I do. But for now, let's revel in the fact that the Mavericks just won another road game. They defeated the Washington Wizards 109-87 to on Saturday night for those listening later. The Mavericks just finished a four or a, a five-game road trip, and they w- essentially went four and one. No, that, no, they did go four and one. What's wrong with me? Um, that's pretty exciting, and it's the sort of thing that you build on. The Mavericks are now a rather preposterous six games over five hundred, which feels fantastic. Uh, for those uh, listening later, the Mavericks played without. Kristaps Porzingis, who was kind of resting due to, you know, his, his kind of uh, ongoing load management. Maxi Kleba, due to what they called like a knee contusion and really is, is a little bit of what, uh, rest in his own right. And then uh, Josh Richardson also did not play. I actually didn't find out why um, that happened when I was uh, putting my kid to bed, so I don't really know. But let's just, I, I like to imagine that he was off finding his shot uh, since it's not been something he's had lately. Um, there's a number of ways we could go in this game because I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Didn't watch this one as closely as I watched a lot of games. As many of you all know, I'm a DC resident. The thing which continuously blew my mind was the fact that former Mavs legend Drew Gooden was on the call. And not only was he on the call, he was actually pretty good with the uh, one exception of him comparing Dorian Finney-Smith to Josh Howard, which is blasphemous. Um, it was a nice game for, for you know, reasons that the Mavericks had, you know, were missing a lot of their, their core component guys and still managed to just beat the crap out of the Wizards as the game wore along. Um, you know, Nico Melli had uh, the kind of game where Brad Townsend apologized to him at halftime, which made me laugh because Brad uh, was pretty hard on the guy. Uh, during um, the trade deadline, which was fantastic. You know, uh, Jalen Brunson, once again, really, you know, he finishes with the second highest plus minus, uh, 19 points, three assists, six free throws, which was great. He's he's just looking so good, and he takes advantage of these matchups, and it's a lot of fun. Um, we had an extended look at, at Josh Green, we had a, 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 a large Boban Marjanovic game. Uh, Tim Hardaway was tremendously bad, uh, 6 of 19 from the field. Respect for his ability to keep gunning. Uh, but I kind of look at like that as a positive in the fact that if the Mavs you know, need him to gun shots when they play uh, the Jazz on Monday, then you know, it strikes me as one of those games that Hardaway, he, he just rarely has bad games twice in a row. So. I don't know. It was it was interesting. I'm interested to hear what you guys think. So why don't you request uh, to come up on stage first? I'm going to bring up uh, Brad. Brad, how are you? Brad, you there? All right, Brad. If you want to come up in a little bit later, once you figure out your audio, uh, let me know. Oh, there you are. Oh, okay. Have a say. Yeah, man. Just a couple thoughts. Uh, first of all, Brunson. I mean, how much are we going to have to pay him? because the dude has been incredible um um i mean he's just like you know at least our after kp i guess i mean clearly our most solid player that we have yeah very consistent his his consistency is is sort of the hallmark of his year i mean his entire basketball career right like on villanova right i mean he's still you know not the top 
guy on the team, but like you don't win a championship there without him. Right. I feel like we can't be the same uh, unless we keep him on there. Uh, and then Josh Green, I think uh, a little shaky, obviously, but just reminds me of like really early Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, like Carlisle's going to love him because he works hard. Like I think he's just going to have to end up like being a difference maker for us in the next two years if we're going to actually do anything. Yeah, uh, his requirement to be something is a right. lot more important than I think we we really recognize at the moment because a lot of us who watch every single game we're probably more focused on him just getting in the game. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you're right because his, you know. His effort is really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's I, I've called him chaotic good a few times, but then sure. when he shoots the ball, his shooting <laughs> and his offense is so bad. But I, I like the Dorian <laughs> Finney Smith comp because Dorian yeah. was also awful for people Terrible who watched to them. Watch. Oh my god, <laughs> Ooh, he was bad, and and all of a sudden he was just good, and that was you know last year. Like he really wasn't good right. before last year. Can't emphasize that enough to people who don't remember. Yeah, I mean, consistent enough to where, I mean, every time Finney shoots, like, I still am like, oh, that's not going to go. And then it does. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like, that's great. Like, that's wonderful. Um, but, yeah, but he, Josh Green just looks he, – he's faster than everyone on the court because he's trying. I mean, he just looked like a blur out there. And, you know, we sometimes don't appear to try that hard. We kind of get, like, slogged down, I think, and, like, just the pace that, like, we play. Yeah, it's just nice to see someone out there going, you know, being active. And again, this is two games in a row that last year, I'm not sure we would have won. Like these, these are games that if we pretend like we're going to be a good team, we should be winning somewhat convincingly. And last year, like, I'm just not sure if we would have pulled this out or, you know, obviously prior to that. I I think there's something to that. And that when the previous games were one of these two, meaning Luca or KP have sat, the Mavericks have mm-hmm. had instances of lifelessness where they've just gotten played off the floor. Uh, yeah. the, the recent Indiana game uh, at the start of this, uh, right before this road trip in, in Dallas sort of stands out where the Mavericks got outplayed. Now, the Wizards mm-hmm. are kind of lacking talent. Uh, that, you know, when Bradley Beal's out, the, the, I want to say that the Wizards play like 10, 10 points per 100 possessions worse with, with just Westbrook on the floor. Like, they're a mess because sure. he just – but it, it, it's just yeah, it's, it's nice good. to get the yeah. win because the, right. the Mavericks have lost so many of these games where we feel like they should have won and they and, and they got the win. You know, Jason points that out in the chat, and I think that's really important. Well, I think it's just not not just the win, but also Luca got to sit like he didn't have to go play to the like final minute. Yeah, like stuff like that, I think matters. And yeah, it's nice to finally be able to like, oh, Luca doesn't have to play thirty eight minutes tonight to get a win against the. You know, potential playoff team, technically, I guess, but, you know. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, thanks, Kirk. Sure thing. Thanks for coming up, Brad. All right, yeah. let's see. Uh, we got a number of people that have requested over the last few minutes. Up uh, Coming up next is Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Welcome. I'm, I'm good. Uh, sorry, I accidentally muted myself. No uh, problem. I would say this is probably a pretty good game. I mean, obviously, like you just said, it's the Wizards. You know, it's not the greatest deal. Uh, but really, my only complaint is one, again, Luca has really got to cut it out with the refs. Um, and then the other thing is I think we could maybe try to find a way to uh, steal a few minutes on the bench for Dodo. 
at some point, like it's getting ridiculous. Certainly is. I mean, the, to address your Luca point first, this is this is just what this season is going to be. I'm, I, I feel pretty confident, unfortunately, about that. Where he's not even doing things anymore that justify some of the calls. Like there was an offensive foul that was straight terrible, and he's the, you know, and and it's I don't want to say they have it out for him, but there's a little bit of an unconscious bias going on with him because the man just talks too much. And he's talked less this year, but it's kind of picked back up the last 10 or 12 games. And, and that's, that's just something that I think we're going to have to live with. And he's going to have to figure out a way to keep his mouth shut about it because it's, it's not helping him. Uh, as far as the, the, the Dodo stuff, his minutes totals are getting ridiculous. So if Green can even spot him three to four minutes a game, I think that's got to be a net win because he's, he's giving me, you know, this is, pretty blasphemous for for longtime Mavs fans but like Dorian is is doing Michael Finley type stuff from the 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 late 90s early 2000s where uh, if anybody young enough hasn't ever gone and looked at at, uh, Michael Finley's basketball reference page he averaged like 39 minutes a game for six straight seasons while not missing a game Uh, and and Dorian just plays forever he keeps going out and He never complains, so they have to find something because otherwise he's just going to run out of gas. For sure. Um, you had said something about Luca's, uh, as far as like we're just probably going to have to get used to this and how the, the fouls are getting ridiculous. I liked, I noticed several times Tim and Dorian talking him down from talking to the refs. And I don't know if that's just going to have to be like a team goal or what, but I did like seeing that. I, I noticed that too. That's a really good observation, and everyone needs to be in his ear about it because it's not. It doesn't help. I mean, we talked last night about how his free throws are down, despite the fact that his drives are at historic levels. I mean, historic being a bit of a stretch because they've only recorded this data for like ten years. But he's driving a hole all the time. He doesn't get any calls, despite you know kind of how physical teams are with him. And I think that there's a a, a kind of a good reason for that because. He gets hammered, and and he want, or even when he doesn't get hammered, he wants a call. I mean, I get it; it's tough, but it's it's very annoying. But I think that's that's something to continue to look for. I'm actually going to try to pay attention to that myself. Uh, thank you, Jordan. What else do you got for us? Anything? Uh, no, that'll that'll be all. All right, I'm going to bring up some more folks. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks. All right, so coming up next, we have Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? We're doing pretty well. It's nine thirty, and we're podcasting. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Um, I just got a couple of things. Like, yeah, to to go off of what he was saying about the free throws in the month of, month of March, he's only attempting five free throws a game, which is really low for like in comparison. Trey Young, um, he averages he gets uh eight point eight free throws a game, and you know Luca averages twenty one point seven drives per game. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So yeah, he's definitely not getting any calls. Um, you know, maybe that's a good thing in the long run. He's learning how to score without, you know, without being able to do those sort of things. I really liked uh, Josh Green getting um, a good amount of minutes, getting seven rebounds off the bench. Uh, if he can give us four points and seven rebounds, is that uh, much worse than Josh Richardson? I don't know. And then, um, you know, Nico Melli was pretty pretty awesome tonight. He he did 
a lot of uh, good things. He was hitting threes. Um, almost had a double-double tonight, too, and led all of the team in plus-minus. So, uh, really liked his. That was fun. Uh, the funny part about the Luca free throws thing is he's been so bad from the line. I'm not sure we really wanted to shoot free throws anyways. My right. goodness, just another like rough game at the line. Obviously, we wanted to shoot free throws, but it's just one of those things to kind of keep an eye on. Whereas his three point rate has or his three point percentage has gone up, his free throw percentage has gone down, which is pretty right. bizarre. But I, I I really enjoy Melly being a a a factor because let's let's just be honest, he's. Whether he's in the playoff rotation or not, the fact that he's he's buying minutes and wins is got to be important somewhere down the line. The ability to rest Maxi, or whether he has a knee contusion or not, no matter what it was, the fact that he just has you know that they were able to put someone in the game and it wasn't a a you know train wreck is is something I'm pretty pleased about. Yeah, I I like that, and I like that we could still. I mean, I know. Washington was not playing very good basketball, but they were kind of unstoppable at the rim. Robin Lopez was like, uh, last time I checked, he was like eight for nine from the field, maybe a little bit more. Um, So they were getting buckets inside, but still we held our opponent below 90 again for the sixth time this year. So uh, like the defense, even though we weren't really doing anything in the end. Yeah. I mean, that, I made a joke online about how you know playing the Eastern Conference is great for your team defensive rating because these teams just suck. Um, it, it's so like just watching the difference between the Wizards and and even the the um, the Thunder who are playing you know kind of like a G League select team. They just they play differently. They play hard. Like I'm I'm on the East Coast, so I actually catch a fair amount of these games, and it's just it's kind of ugly. I don't know. I, I'm I'm glad though because you know what. There's there's a lot to be said about team confidence, and if they can win, you know, a, a games like this, kind of win ugly, even though they still poured 109 in, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, there there's just a lot of little things that you could take away. It's it's kind of easy to to read into stuff. The Josh Green thing is is something I would like to hear from more of you about because I gotta be honest, I love the guy's defense. He's fretnik, but he's shooting 13 percent from three, and his shot looks horrendous he has been blocked on five of 55 attempts this year that's a nine percent block rate that also sucks for a six nine guy iris six nine he's like six six five to six seven he's but he's a big guy strong guy it's just he he seems to lack some of the offensive instincts i'm going to be interested to see how the mavericks can develop some of that because uh like like we like brad mentioned at the top you know dorian was bad at one point so if, if they can make dorian finney smith an nba player Josh Green has way more physical tools than Dorian did because Dorian's like 205 pounds and and he's a starter on an NBA team. So so I, I have some confidence about Green. Right. I think the thing with Green is like even at Arizona, he was not a very good finisher at the rim. He was actually one of the worst in the NCAA. 40% something like that. It was rough. Yeah. So um, I don't expect much of, of his finishing unless he's just getting an open lane for a dunk. Um, I like how he goes straight to that corner anytime he's on offense because he's like, this is the only one he's going to get. But he threw up that three-point shot and was an air ball. So uh, then they had to check the, the shot clock. So I don't know. I don't think his offense is going to come anytime soon. Hopefully he can get his threes, kind of like what they were saying before about Dorian Finney-Smith, where it took him a little while. You invest minutes in him and – Maybe he can shoot, you know, after an off season or so. I just want to hold on to him and see what happens. Sure, he's probably going to be our highest pick in the, you know, Forever. for the next five yeah. years. Yeah, 
I do love his his uh, his his rebounding. He he jumps off two feet really well, and two feet leapers are not as common as you might think at the NBA. Like Russell Westbrook's a two foot jumper, and that dude is powerful. And there was a offensive like attempted an offensive like tip in where Green was so much higher than whichever wizard he was near. And it's just kind of wild to watch that sort of athleticism because the Mavericks just haven't had many guys like that over the last several years. But anyways, I liked it. So, Jesse, you got anything else uh, before we move on? Uh, no, I don't want to take all the talking points from everybody else, but y'all have a good night, good win. Appreciate you coming up, Jesse. All right, let's see here. We got Andrew. Andrew, what's happening? Hey, good evening, Kurt. A few things. Uh, number one, if you told me on the second night of back-to-back, no Maxi, no KP, and no Josh Richardson, and we hold a team under 90 points, I wouldn't have believed you. It feels good. The 90 points thing yeah. is pretty ridiculous. The win, I'm, yeah. I'm very pleased about. But the 90 points thing is, is and I'm going to write, after this is over, I'm probably going to write kind of our, our stats to, to, to be aware of posts. And, and I wrote about it last night, but I might have to do it again just because the, you know, the Mavs and their defense have been so all over the map this year and to hold the team, even a bad team, under 90. Indeed. Uh, another stat for you then. Uh, Mavs are undefeated 19 and 0 if they win the first quarter. I like of the game. that one. That's wild. And the last thing, Jalen Brunson is going to be so key to us down the stretch of these games, being the key role of taking the clutch free throws down the stretch. I have a feeling. I, I agree. And, and it's funny. I was at a Wizards game, probably the last game we went to before, before the world shut down, um, out here in Washington, D.C. And the Mavericks played, I think Luca might have sat that night, and it was like a very Brunson-Tim Hardaway game, and both Brunson and Tim missed fourth-quarter free throws. And then Beal scored this bananas, like, last-second layup where I just remember being in the crowd and being upset. And the, the clutch aspect, I mean, is it really clutch? I, I, I feel confident in, in, in Brunson going to the line. And they're not a lot of Mavericks that I can say that for at this point. So it, it's, it's really nice. Yes, it is. All right. That's all I've got. Appreciate you, Andrew. This is good. Yep. Have a great one. You too. All right. So uh, we got Brent coming up. And if anybody else would like to talk, uh, please just go ahead and send me that speaker request. Brent, how you doing? Hi, Brent. Are you there? Maybe the audio is there. Maybe you forgot he was plugged in, but that's okay. Um, Brent, request up again if you want to come back on. I'm I'm certainly happy to expect uh, accept the speaker request again. Well, guys, you know there's there's a lot that I suppose we could talk about and nitpick and these sort of things. I would love to see uh, you know a little bit more Tyler Bay, a little bit more Nate Hinton. Um, Nate probably really wanted to get on the floor after watching his uh, his alma mater get blasted off the floor. Um, but you know it, it's there are games that you just need to slog through. And though the Mavericks won by uh, 22, there were aspects of this game that really did feel like a slog. It's good to get through with that. You know, they go back to, uh, let's see here. They play the Jazz on Monday, and then they, you know, they don't have a back-to-back until the second half of next week. They play the the Spurs and the Sixers in, in a, a Sunday-Monday back-to-back on April 11th and April 12th. And I think that's going to be, you know, the... this this was key to get these kind of wins because they just have a a slightly more difficult uh, significantly more difficult for being honest stretch of games coming up in the latter half of next week where they go bucks spurs sixers 
in, in a three-game succession, which is markedly different than Knicks and the Wizards. So you got to take wins where you can get them. It's pretty exciting. Uh, we'll see what kind of news comes out. I have no idea when J.J. Redick is playing. That's going to be something I want to keep an eye on. Uh, I have a feeling that it might be versus the Bucks on the 8th, just because, it, you know, they probably want to introduce him at a home game. And they also, you know, it, it getting him in the flow of things might require a couple of days practice. And whether the Mavericks have practice, I'm, I'm kind of curious about. But I w- would expect it at least with some of these home games. Um, past that, though, guys, I, I, you know, I would love to stay and, and hang out and talk if anybody's got any questions or thoughts. But, uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Brent... And in the Brent in the chat said that I have nothing to add. Great win. And I really think that that's kind of the way that, that you got to do this. Um, Bobby asks in the chat, who would you cut to pick up Gasol? Uh, I, I'm not sure what the roster spots would, would work on this, but it would have to be kind of one of your back end guys. Uh, whether it would be, I, I don't know if you can do this with like your G league signees, like, like, like a Tyler Bay. Um, I don't know if the Mavericks would actually do that. I also don't think Gasol actually makes it to market. He's too, even though he's he's fairly older, and I know that a lot of our fan base thinks he's really bad. He's significantly better than some of the guys that we have. But you know, that's the, I just I don't see them actually the Lakers actually letting go of him. You don't want to put a chess piece back on the board. Um, anyhow, so I think that's you know probably all we should talk about. No use beating any dead horses. I'm enjoying the Mavs win, and we will probably see here. I have no idea when Josh is coming back to work. Um, he's just taking some time. Those of you who really want to know can probably seek out why. It's for a positive reason, but I'm, I'm letting him have off as much time as he wants. And, you know, I'll continue to do these, and we will have another one. Looks like Monday night after the Jazz game, which strikes me as a game that I'm going to get mad about in advance. So, This has been Kirk Henderson with uh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark or Group Therapy, depending on what we're talking about. Um, I will tell. Yeah, sorry. Kate in the chat notes, don't they have a back-to-back on the 7th and the 8th? Yes, I apparently have a problem with calendars. I'm looking at the Houston Bucks thing in my face, and I just missed it. I was thinking ahead a little bit, and, and just my brain read the Milwaukee game as a Friday game, which is not the case. But, yeah, another back-to-back. Um, all right, guys, this has been Kirk Anderson of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Sorry to keep it short, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's just best to uh, take the win and get on out of here. So we will talk to you guys in a couple of days. Have a good one. <laughs>